This is the Barbecue Central Show podcast being generated from a live recording of the Barbecue Central Show, which airs at thebbqcentralshow.com every Tuesday between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. Visit them at thebbqguru.com or call them 800 800- 288-GURU. And by Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Sauces, rubs, grills, smokers, everything for the outdoor chef. Visit them online at tastylicksbbq.com or call them 800-677-2882. And by Butcher Barbecue. Manufacturers of premium injections, rubs, and sauces. Visit them online and take full advantage at butcherbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jeweler. Official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Visit them at stephendefranco.com or call 440-943-2700 and use keyword Barbecue Brother to receive all the discounts. And by iGrill, manufacturer of Bluetooth-enabled temperature, which is generated and sent to your smart device. You can find out more information by visiting iGrillInc.com. Use promo code CENTRAL to get 15% off your entire order at the iGrill Inc. store. And by Green Mountain Grills, one of the country's premier pellet grill manufacturers. Three different sizes to choose from, something to fit in every budget, and find out more by visiting GreenMountainGrills.com. And by CookShack, the country's premier manufacturer of electronic and pellet-driven cookers, servicing the residential, commercial, and competition markets. Visit CookShack.com for more information. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Uh, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. Should you see fit to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. It's not a toll-free call anymore, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at com. That's the way you want to get in touch with the show. If you want to take part, if not, hey, you just hang out, relax, and see what comes naturally, if you will. A lot of great things that are going to be happening on the show tonight. For instance, if you didn't get the show newsletter, let me get you up to speed Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, third Tuesday of every month, barbecue and grilling icon Stephen Reichlin joins us here on the show. Yep. I'm not even kidding about that. BarbecueBible.com is his website. If you want to check him out prior to him coming on the show, we were going to be talking a lot about steak. In-depth, intimate meat, beef, and steak talk like you've never heard it before. 
with a master. TV show host, cooking class instructor, multiple-time author. The list goes on and on. Always humble to have Stephen on the show. Then we move to 935, and welcome back a friend of this show, a guy who's been live in studio, McD. Michael McDearman from GetFiredUpFoods.com will be joining us. Uh, Michael's got a couple different things that we're going to be talking about. Um, you would recall last year I was the MC and host of a first-year contest in Miami, Oklahoma called Smoking at the Run. That has since uh, changed formats. I was unable to attend this past weekend. And uh, what better host to fill in for me than Michael McDearman from Get Fired Up Foods? So we'll talk to him about um, his perspective as being the uh, the MC this time around and uh, the amount of teams, other issues that popped up during the course of the week that I don't want to spoil. Weekend, I mean. So uh, look for him, 935. Then we'll move on to the second hour where we'll find a 1014. Captain of industry in uh, both the music and barbecue world, Sterling Ball, pitmaster of Big Pop Smokers, joins us. Many different things to talk to Sterling about. Never a shortage of opinion on what's happening in the world of competition barbecue. Uh, we'll get into a little uh, restaurant business that he's got going. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the, the rubs a little bit. And cookers as well. Cookers, very important topic tonight when we talk to Sterling, so stay tuned for that. And rounding out the show, 1035, he won the smoking at the Run Barbecue Shootout. He's won a lot of really important barbecue contests during his tenure as barbecue pitmaster of Lucky's Q, Justin McGlone joins us on the show as well. So very happy to uh, have a great show. Man, I am pumped up beyond. I am pumped up in seismic and gargantuan proportion, by the way. Show sponsor. And I think, did he play second overall? Uh, Dave Bosca from Butcher Barbecue, fresh from Miami, Oklahoma. David, where did you finish? Don't make me look like a fool for crying out loud. I'm asking for help in a very non-subtle way. Right. So uh, there's what's happening. You want to jump in tonight, more than happy to have you. 216-220-0966. And you can also email the show, Greg, at thebbqcentralshow.com. All right. Quickly, let me go to my Stephen Reichland contact information, and let me see if I got the right... uh, All right. Got the right one lined up. Got the right one lined up. Where did I go? Here's what's happening. Right now, if you're watching the show, blast off a post on the Facebooks, on the Twitters, the Twitter. Let everybody know you're watching the show. Send them over our way. See if we can't break the record for all-time live views on tonight. Of course, you can always catch the show on podcast if you can't catch it live every Tuesday from 9 to 11. Some links that you want to check out if you can catch the live show. Uh, Audio-wise, it's my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Wait, news update coming up from uh, Dave Bosco. Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Uh, Greg Rampey reporting live from the Barbecue Central Breaking News Desk Studio in Cleveland, Ohio. Dave Bosco, Reserve Grand Championship, uh, the first day and uh, first and second. Oh God, first day Reserve Grand Champion, second day twenty fourth. Very respectful, David. Are you kidding me? Look at you. Look at you with a reserve and a twenty fourth all over the place. With your special shaker that we're going to be talking about during your read. Um, If you're listening audio only, send it to my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. More than happy to have you there. If you have a smart device, download TuneIn 
T-U-N-E-I-N, in your specific app store, whether you have iOS or uh, the Android device. It's free. You can also pay and not have any ads, but whatever you like. And get it that way. If that's the only way you can get the show live. If you're tooling down the road, maybe you're a full trucker effect. Maybe you have to put an earphone in because your wife is watching something on television. You're discreetly taking in the show live. Do it through TuneIn. If you can get the video, a couple different ways. If you got computer and you like the computer, OutdoorCookingChannel.com has been our a video simulcasting partner for like five years now. Also, if you have the technology, uh, there's like Roku. There's a number of other different uh, internet protocol televisions. Search for Outdoor Cooking Channel. If they have that particular app in that respect of IPTV's app store, download it, and you can get the live stream right on your high-definition television. I mean, what's better than watching me in high-definition? At least 17 other things. But on a Tuesday, I mean, who knows? It's not even middle of the week for crying out loud. So that's the way you can find the show. Uh, don't forget, again, the number has changed. 216-220-0966 is the number you want to call. Uh, you can subscribe to this show for audio replays through the iTunes, which the majority of people do. You can also get live negative. You can also get video replays from the YouTube channel, Barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, the numeral 4 and the letter U. So YouTube.com slash barbecue for you. You can also get the video replays at Outdoor Cooking Channel. You can get them on the regular website, WBQCentralShow.com. I mean, there's really no reason you should ever miss anything on the show, whether you're watching it live, whether you're getting on a podcast or video podcast or vlog or whatever you want to call it. You should always get what you want and consume it the way you want with the show 100% of the time. No excuses ever. You should never miss anything about the show. If you've heard from somebody that, oh, back in this time and this date there was a great interview, you can go back and get it. Worst case scenario, email me for crying out loud. Why wouldn't you? I'm happy to help. I want to holler out. I rarely do I holler out, but I'm hollering out to the unofficial publicist of the show tonight, Jennifer Brand. Know you're listening tonight, girl, getting ready to head off to Sin City in the morning to do business with top men and women in the industry. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Now, here's something. You would recall last week I called out imposter alert for the pitmaster of Booty Q. He had inadvertently stuck a wrong number in the uh, phone number that I was supposed to call him. And some guy went on for about, you know, roughly three, four minutes. I don't know if he, I want to say he was trying to be an imposter, but he was answering questions he had no business answering. And he knew it. That's what I call an imposter. Did you miss the show last week, folks? Guess what? Mom imposter alert. Mom imposter. Go back to the uh, uh, March 11th show, top of the second hour. Someone called in as my mom. Of course, it ended badly. I know how your mind works, Centralites, especially you comedians out there. I'm talking to you. You create this big, funny scenario that's going to take place when you call in. You make you have the balls to call in. So I respect that as a comedian and host. I respect the balls that it takes to actually call in the show. Internet show, terrestrial radio, satellite, whatever. Takes balls to call in, so I respect that. I pick the call up. You get off the opening line. I don't hang up on you, which you think you're probably going to happen. I play along. And then the truth is un, un, uh, unraveled or revealed or whatever you want to call it. You didn't prepare all the way. Come on. Then you flame out and you hang up, and I'm here to play along. I'll give you the rope you need to hang yourself. Just give me two or three minutes. It's no problem. I'm happy to do it. 
Go back and listen to the top of the second hour and find somebody pretending to be my mom who was not my mom. Fail miserably. But whoever that was, I appreciate you uh, making the call. Again, I appreciate the balls, if nothing else. Calling into the show, whether it's, again, terrestrial, regular radio, or internet or whatever, you have the potential of making a fool out of yourself. You did. Well-deserved, sir. Well-deserved. All right, coming up out of the break, Stephen Reichlin, Grilling and Barbecue Ica. Uh, first, a public service announcement from my guy, Stephen DeFranco, over at Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, show sponsor. Father's Day coming in June. That's right. Uh, what to get dear old dad? How about uh, not a necktie? How about something he's going to wear? How about a new watch from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers? Steve, an incredible selection of watches that would be perfect for dear old dad. Bolova watches. Why spend a ton of money on a watch if you don't have to? Bolova watches, stylish, affordable, starting under $200. Bolova watches come in traditional court styles and retro-styled automatic versions. Chronographs, skeletons, and traditional styles fill the Bolova line of timepieces. Bolova precisionist, I own one myself, want... uh, Maybe you want the most accurate timepiece in the world. Bolivar Precisionist is just that watch. The exclusive movement of Bolivar Precisionist breaks down the second-hand movements into 16 segments per second, giving it a second-hand, smooth-moving appearance. Steel, titanium versions also available. And then, of course, you have the Accutron, high-end without the high price, Cadillac of the Bolivar line. The Accutron is the pinnacle of high-end design without breaking the bank. Starting below $600, the Accutron watch gives you the high-end style, quality, and lifestyle without breaking the bank. Now, maybe you're more of a gadget jump. Citizens is the place to go. Perfect, accurate, no need for uh, different timers for your barbecue cooking. Citizen has multiple timers along with alarms, multiple time zones. And then, of course, that cottage watchmaker, Philip & Company. Many high-end European watch companies use Swiss movements called ETA. Philip hand-assembles his watches personally using ETA movements and... Hand-picked components starting at just under $900. Philip watches not only have an elegant European style, but they are affordable. Absolutely. So here's what you got to do. Go to Stephen DeFranco's website, stephendefranco.com. And then once you find what you like, lop him a phone call, 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. Tell me your barbecue brother or sister. He'll give you the real discount of the new watch. He's not allowed by the manufacturer to show the real discount on his website, so call him, 440-943-2700. Ask for Steve. He'll take care of the rest. And not upselling you for crying out loud. All right, we're back with Stephen Reichlin right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. Uh, if you want to dial in tonight, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show with any questions that you got, Greg at TheBBQCentralShow.com. My next guest, 
really needs no uh, introduction at all. He's a multiple-time author. He hosts uh, Kicking Cooking Classes, and you can see him on this show every third Tuesday of the month. Let's go ahead and welcome back friend of the show, Stephen Reichlin. Stephen, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous. Uh, Stephen, always appreciate you making time for the show. You know, a lot of different places that we can start tonight, but of course, avid reader of your blog and perhaps even a bigger fan of steak. And if you're a fan of this show and uh, you're somebody that's within the subculture, obviously that is right in the wheelhouse of a number of other people. However, there does seem to be, I don't want to call it trepidation like we're cooking the Thanksgiving turkey or the Christmas prime rib, but still, there seems to be a little bit of nervousness when it comes to the steak. So I figured, at least for the first part of the interview, we could really kind of get intimate uh, with the steak cook and get your ideas and, and techniques to ensure a successful take, uh, steak cook. So if we could, you know, just right from the start, steak prep, if I'm going to, whether it be a, a butcher or maybe, you know, a lot of places don't have uh, the local butcher anymore. It's a, it's a big box store or whatever. When you're picking out the beef... Does buying what you can afford really make the difference in the end product? Well, uh, the answer is uh, yes, buy what you can afford, but uh, in steak is with so much in life, uh, sometimes the more you spend, the better off you are. And sometimes spending more can give, be a bigger value in the long run. Two basic strategies. Uh, number one, go for what are called the noble steaks, and this would include uh, the porterhouse, the T-bone, the New York strip, uh, filet mignon, which is very tender. Uh, I find it a little bland myself. It's not one of my favorites. My sort of go-to steak at any time uh, would be a New York strip. But uh, the idea here is that these are steaks that uh, come from high on the steer. They get relatively little exercise. Uh, they have a lot of flavor. They are intrinsically tender, intrinsically flavorful, well-marbled. Uh, and you don't need to do much more to them than salt, pepper, uh, and a high heat. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum are what are called belly steaks. They come from the undercarriage of the steer. That would be include your skirt steak, for example, your flank steak, your hanger steak. Um, these are steaks that are loaded with flavor, but because the belly gets so much more uh, exercise, uh, tend to have a lot of stringy muscle fibers. So they're tougher than the top steaks, but the way you handle a belly steak, very simply, you cook it over a high heat very quickly, uh, leave it rare, and then slice it very thinly across the grain. This shortens those muscle fibers. Uh, giving you, I won't say the illusion of tenderness because they are tender, but it's, it's the way you approach a flavorful belly steak and keep it tender. When we talk about the Noble Cut, Stephen, and, and obviously that's most popular among most people listening to this show or that are fans of the show, what do you want to look for visually when you're picking out, whether it be your New York Strip or the Porterhouse or uh, Ribeye, which is uh, my favorite cut, what do you want to look for visually to make sure that you're picking out that best cut? Well, I look for uh, first good marbling. That is the interstitial uh, uh, fatty tissue that is uh, interspersed with the red meat. Uh, I look for thickness. I like a good thick steak. I mean, for me, the bare minimum is an inch and a quarter. 
uh, go up to an inch and a half or even two inches. Um, I look for a bright red steak unless it's aged. Uh, I love an aged steak. And aging is simply a process whereby you hang a, he- uh, a hunk of meat uh, in a walk-in refrigerator and you lay- let it age for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. And what happens in that process is that, first of all, some of the water in the steak evaporates, thereby concentrating the flavor. Downside from a price point of view is that you lose bulk and volume, which makes the steak more expensive. Uh, you get also get uh, various enzymes and bacteria at work that give you, uh, oh, it's a richer, more robust flavor. Sometimes on a really well-aged steak, it almost has like, the richness that you would associate with a well-aged cheese. Um, so that's another thing uh, I look for. Stephen, when you talk about dry age, is it advisable to go to somebody that knows what they're doing uh, when dry aging yeah, a steak, or is this something you can do at all? absolutely. And this is also, you know, uh, I mean, I'm a great do-it-yourself guy, you know, if you've read my books, but uh, this is something I found that is really best done by a proper butcher. Why? Because you refrigerate it at home, you're constantly opening it, closing it, and in dry aging, you really need uh, uh, a large space with a lot of air circulating around the meat, certain degree of humidity. Uh, it's, I find it's best left to the professionals. When you talk about thickness of the steak, you said at least an inch and a quarter, more inch and a half, maybe up to two. Uh, I'm yeah. definitely... Um, uh, I'm a minimum inch and a half guy, and I'll go to two inches yep. in a heartbeat. But can you get too thick when it comes to a steak? Well, I used to think so uh, until I, uh, I ate at this wonderful new restaurant in Los Angeles called Kispaka, opened by the same folks that opened uh, Moza Pizzeria and Moza Cafe. That is Nancy Silverton and Mario uh, Vitale's in the mix there, too. And this is an Italian, very intimate uh, cozy sort of 24 seat Italian chop house and they uh, serve a cut that's called a costata and if you can imagine it's about three and a half to four uh, a three and a half to four inch uh, cut of what in effect uh, would be a very wide porterhouse Oof. and it's grilled in a really interesting way uh, rubbed with a porcini salt and pepper rub uh, grilled face down over a wood fire to brown one side, then face down over the wood fire to brown the other side. Then they stand the thing up and they grill it from underneath, so the heat hits that uh, hits that T-bone in the center and conducts the heat upwards. Takes about a half an hour hour to grill, and part of that time is done over direct heat, and then part of the time is sort of done next to, not directly over the wood fire. Uh, it's about as big a steak as I've ever seen in my life, and uh, about as magnificent tasting. Is that somebody that is? Is that a steak that is feeding multiple people, or is that a an individual? Oh, yeah, steak? well, I mean, some of your <laughs> listeners or my readers <laughs> might tackle <laughs> tackle one. I think it tips the scale at about four pounds. So, wow. you know, uh, I'm thinking it's just the right size for a table of four. Uh, when we talk about seasoning the cut before we're putting it on the grill, and we'll get to the cooking here in just a second, uh, you know, I'm more of a, a strict salt and pepper guy because I want to taste uh, that beef flavor. I don't want anything to cover it up, but obviously people can get a little bit more exotic when it comes to flavors. What have you found in your travels uh, that, A, works well and that seems to be you know popular here in the States, but then maybe outside the country as well? Well, <laughs> great question. 
for the record, I'm a salt and pepper guy too, primarily, except I did develop a steak rub in my best of barbecue line that is uh, pretty awesome. You get down into Brazil and uh, Spain, and they even forego the pepper sometimes, just thick fistfuls of coarse salt packed on the steak, steak grilled with that, and then they turn the steak on its side, whack it with the tongs to knock off some of the excess salt. But, <laughs> you know, when you get to Asia, uh, people actually marinate steaks in there, uh, in Cambodia or Thailand or, um, uh, or Singapore. You know, your marinade may sort of play the sweet salty of, uh, of fish sauce and palm sugar against the aroma of uh, lemongrass and fresh shallots, uh, chili powder, chili peppers, oil to keep it moist. And those steaks are amazing, too. Uh, it's just the way that those steaks are served is very different than we do in the West. In the West, the sort of the steak is the main event, as it were. It's the big hunk of protein on your plate, and anything else around that is sort of a, uh, pays homage to the beef. Whereas in Southeast Asia, steak is used almost as a condiment. It would be served with uh, wrapped in lettuce leaves or rice paper, thinly sliced, uh, paired with a dozen different pickled vegetables, fermented vegetables, fried uh, scallion chips, fried garlic chips, uh, chilies. So it, it, it's, I mean, is one better than the other? No, they're both equally delicious and fabulous. Uh, you know, I guess one could sort of wax philosophical in a way about kind of how in the West, and particularly in the West of America, we have this rugged individualism uh, and the individual is key. And in Asia, it's much more sort of an individual as part of a community. And the steak in that sense sort of enters a whole ensemble. It's not kind of like a selfish thing that one person would eat. Uh, a steak in Cambodia, I mean, a New York strip that you or I would sit down to would serve a family of four. Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show. Uh, the website, by the way, if you want to check it out, barbecuebible.com. Dot com. Stephen, if I got to digress just for one second, you mentioned shallots. I mean, is this like a uh, an, an ingredient that a lot of people overlook, or, or maybe it isn't as, as widely used as I think? I started really getting into the use of shallots in many different fashions probably about two years ago. Obviously, different than onions, but and I'm not a big raw onion guy by any stretch. Mm -hmm. uh, but shallots are like a whole different world. This is something that if you haven't really played around with it, you should mix in some shallots like right now. Well, I mean, to, <clears throat> to me, the shallot is the, uh, the crown prince of the allium family. Uh, in case anyone's listening that is not familiar with the shallot, it's in the onion family, smaller than an onion, comes in a papery uh, sort of tan-colored skin. The flesh is kind of a reddish gray. Um, it has a much more refined flavor uh, than onion. Uh, no, not so much of that eye-stinging, mouth-stinking uh, pungency, although shallots are strong. They're sometimes described as a cross between garlic and onion. Yep. Uh, I don't get a lot of garlic in a shallot, but, I mean, think onion that has put on a tuxedo and, uh, and you know, could go out and hobnob with the, with, uh, with the highfalutin society, and that's, that's what a shallot is. Used to be hard to find when I started in cooking. Now widely available. 
uh, I, I would say for every one onion, we use 10 shallots. I mean, that's, that's our sort of go-to allium at the Reichland household. All right, so if we're going to now, we've seasoned the steak, we've picked it out, we know what to look for, and now we're going to cook it. You know, personal preference, and I've seen every one of your TV shows, so I obviously know we're going to go with this, but do you like the charcoal grill? Do you like the gas grill? Do you like uh, just cooking with wood? What's your favorite way to, to cook the steak, fuel-wise? Well, <laughs> as you probably uh, gather, bad, gathered by now, uh, Greg, I'm a... Uh, I'm a very ecumenical guy, and I don't have any one favorite method for doing anything. What makes life and barbecue interesting to me is constant variety and variation. Mm -hmm. That being said, uh, you know, I love grilling a steak over a wood fire. Uh, If I can't get a wood fire, I love grilling a steak over a charcoal fire that I've enhanced with some wood chunks. Uh, If I can't get that... uh, uh, I will use a gas grill, but I'll lift the grill grate and I'll lay uh, wine barrel staves or olive wood uh, chunks over the flavorizer bars, you know, so I get a little burning wood underneath of that. Um, but I'm probably kind of best known for uh, what I call caveman T-bone or uh, cavemanning, mm-hmm. and that is you build a charcoal fire. It's got to be lump charcoal with a folded newspaper uh, you fan off any uh, ash, uh, loose ash, and then you lay your steak directly on the embers, and you char it directly on the embers. Uh, about four things that happen. So number one, that surface charring just gives you kind of a crust and a smoke flavor you just can't get any other way. Uh, number two, it kind of plugs you into this great almost two million tradition when our human ancestors... <laughs> Uh, Homo erectus first learned to master fire, cook his food with fire. So you're sort of participating in an act that that uh, that spurred evolution and spurred the modern human being. Number three, there's what I call the eye pop, jaw drop factor. You know, when <laughs> when people come to a barbecue at your house and and they watch you lay a steak directly on the embers uh, of your grill, no grill grate. Uh, I mean, you know, it's just magical. It flips people out all the time. And I guess number four is, um, uh, you know, come the Armageddon, we may not have grill grates, but, you know, we're always going to have a bed of of wood embers or charcoal embers, and it's good to know how to cook a steak this primal fashion. You know, when you talk about the caveman style, obviously a lot of people might be a little apprehensive once they want to try it the first time, um, is there any special way uh, to go about it to ensure that you're not screwing anything up, or is it as easy as it sounds? Well, it's pretty easy. I mean, the only sort of caveats I would give caveats I would give is number one has to be natural lump charcoal. Number two, you would light it in chimney starter because you don't want any petroleum residue. Number three, you do want to kind of fan off some of that loose ash. And then when I set up my grill, uh, typically what I'll do is. If you can imagine, you know, if, if you're the bottom of your grill is a circle, I'll have the coals kind of uh, spread evenly over the bottom grate, but I'll leave that last four-inch kind of half moon of grill space coal-free so you can kind of reach your hand over it without burning your hand. Uh, salt and pepper the steaks. You've got to use a thick steak. Lay it on the coals. You want to kind of move it every couple minutes. Look for beads of blood purling up on the surface. That's your key to turn it. When you go to lift it and turn it, stand it on its side, shake it or tap it a little bit in case there are any loose embers stuck to the meat side, and then turn it over to finish grilling. 
When we talk about uh, internal temperatures to finish, whether you're doing it uh, more traditionally or if you're doing mm-hmm. it caveman style, what are you shooting for internal temperature? Well, for rare, I would go about 120, figure, and then it's going to continue to cook to 125. For medium rare, uh, I'm going to go about 135. Uh, and for medium, you know, I, I, um, I don't... I don't generally go much more than medium rare. However, I do make sure that the ends uh, of the steak are medium to medium well in case there's anybody I'm serving that likes their meat cooked a little bit more than that. Uh, By the way, uh, if you want to use an instant read meat thermometer, and I'm a touch kind of guy with a steak that's, let's say, up to an inch and a quarter, inch and a half, then after that you do need the thermometer. Insert it through the side of the steak, not from top to bottom. That's the way to get an accurate reading. Stephen, should we even bother keeping friends in our circle that want medium well to well done steaks? I can't believe it. Well, absolutely we should. You know, I mean, <laughs> friendship is based on, uh, on, on your good heart and your generosity of spirit. So, you know, the people like it well done. But what can I say? Yeah, my grandfather said it's all a matter of taste, as the woman said as she kissed the cow. So, anyhow, uh, you know, I, I hate to be a snob that way, and I, I actually I don't like restaurants that take that position either. Your ultimate goal as a host is to make your guests happy. Stephen, when we talk about after it's done cooking, uh, obviously you want to rest it for a little bit uh, to allow it to kind of reabsorb Very those juices. Very important, by the way, and a Absolutely. chef that's often neglected. I mean, even, even, you know, we've got this little buzzword hot off the grill. In fact, you do want to rest it for a few minutes. What about this uh, tenting of foil? Is that needed? Uh, is that helping anything, or is it perhaps is it uh, hurting because you're trapping that heat and maybe allowing the, the carryover cook to happen even more? I do not tent steak with foil, the operative word being, being tent, because anytime you seal a steak or any kind of piece of meat with foil, what happens? You get a moisture buildup. You get humidity and watering dripping off the foil, onto the steak, uh, which in turn uh, makes your crust soggy. However, if I've got a big steak and I'm letting it rest five or ten minutes and I want to lose the heat, I will loosely lay a piece of foil on top, operative word again, loosely, that is, air can circulate freely around all four sides. Now, as far as toppings go, and I know, man, you were gracious enough to send me uh, a whole host of the uh, the Stephen Reichlin and uh, I forget the the name of the company that you've partnered with these grilling butters. Uh, obviously, a, a great topper. But as far as you know, people that like to make their own compound butters at home, do you have a, a specific recipe that you would turn people onto? Well, I have many specific recipes, and uh, actually, if you go to my book, How to Grill, which I just got news today, went back into uh, went back for another printing. Wow. Uh, so it's bringing us pretty close to 2 million copies, which makes me feel <laughs> wow. pretty darn good. No doubt. Uh, but uh, at any rate, compound butter, uh, start with salted butter at room temperature, whip it. Uh, you can add garlic and parsley. You can add lemon juice and parsley. You can add capers. Uh, one that I'm real big on lately, it's going to be in my new book, uh, Man-Made Meals, the Essential Cookbook for Guys, which is actually coming out next month, is an anchovy butter. Uh, and uh, you can either chop anchovies, mix them with the cream butter, or actually you can chop anchovies, saute them with melted butter, and pour that mixture uh, over the steak. Mm. Absolutely fabulous. 
And I'm a big fan of anchovies. I don't know about anybody else, but I mean, I can just eat them raw right out of the can. I learned that from my dad growing up as a youth. Uh, so maybe I've uh, become accustomed to that taste, but anchovies sound great to me. Uh, any oh, other? You know, an- anchovies, that's, it's really is one of the universals in, in steak. And you think about it, you know, anchovy is sort of one of those quintessential <coughs> umami flavors. Yep, umami yep, being yep, what yep. the Japanese call the fifth taste. It's a sort of a salty, savory flavor you find in anchovies, you find in mushrooms, you find in Parmesan cheese. But, you know, as you travel the world's barbecue trail, which is sort of always how I attack a problem in barbecue, uh, you know, you find it in Italy where anchovies are laid in a lattice on top of a steak for steak uh, pizzaiola. Uh, You find it in Southeast Asia where they use fish sauce, which is nothing more than... uh, pickled fermented anchovies, that liquid that comes off of that, uh, uses a marinade and a dipping sauce. So, uh, you know, if there's someone out there says they don't like anchovies, I would say you haven't tasted them right yet. No doubt about it. Uh, Stephen Reichlin, obviously multiple-time author, cooking class instructor, TV host, and you can find him here every third thir- uh, Tuesday of uh, the month, uh, barbecuebible.com, the website. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for coming out tonight. Well, thank you. If I just may call people's attention to it, we've been talking to steak a lot, and you may wonder what to serve with it. My blog today that just went up is on South American-style barbecue sauces. Uh, And if you happen to like uh, meat without sugar, man, South America's for you, because these are explosively flavored sauces, some mild, some hot, all terrific with steak none with sugar, and that's at barbecuebible.com. Let's get into that maybe a little bit next month at the top of the segment. Would love that. Always great to talk to you. Thanks a lot. All right, Stephen, take care. There he is. Take care. Stephen Reichlin, barbecuebible.com, as he said. South American barbecue sauces. I mean, who knew that there was even uh, a difference in South American barbecue sauces? I had no idea. Stephen Reichlin, grilling icon, laying it all down when it comes to steak. Learn anything new? How about trying anchovies on steak? I'm going to try that next time. All right, uh, coming up out of the break, Michael McDearman. Gang, if you're like me, you're always trying to think of ways to step up that barbecue and grilling game. Why not treat yourself to Butcher's Barbecue Arsenal of products? Uh, You have all of the injections, the prime injection, the pork injection, the beef injection, of course, the bird booster. You have all of the rubs and sauces, uh, the honey rub, the premium rub. The premium rub, especially if you inject with butchers, uh, it kind of works hand in hand there. Uh, of course, the sweet barbecue sauce. You have the trade-in program right now where if you have bought a competitor's injection and you don't like it, in the past you've had to throw it out. You've wasted money. The wife bitches at you because you've wasted money. Never mind. Now you go to the website, butcherbbq.com. You go to trade-in link, top right of the navigation. And uh, you print out that sheet, and you send whatever is left of that commercially made injection. Send it back to Dave. He'll weigh it. And then at your request, send you back uh, whatever uh, injection that you would like to try of his. Just another way that he's making not only his customers, but competition customers happy as well. And we mentioned it last week. And I'm sure Dave used it this past weekend when uh, he was at the Smoking at the Run shootout, barbecue shootout in Miami, Oklahoma. Uh, Dave now has the injection shake, so it's uh, portable, you know, plastic. It has the measuring lines to let you know exactly what you should be pouring in in certain amounts. You're able to just kind of shake it up. 
plop that injection uh, needle in there, pull the injection out, boom, there you go. You know, it might not seem on the periphery as like the the best idea. Easily one of the most inventive ideas that have hit the market between 2013 and 2014. How many people out there uh, make an injection and then not only making an injection, thinking of you, catering guy that travels around, barbecue competition guy traveling around, Here's a shaker. Here are the lines of demarcation to make sure that you know you're putting in all the right ingredients to make sure that that injection is absolutely where you want it to be. Shake it around. Stick the injector in there. You're off and running. And now, when you're done with it, stick it in the bag, stick it in the truck, the trailer, whatever it is. Go wash it out. Have it ready for the next catering gig or the next barbecue competition. You can get it all at ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Not only are they award-winning products, Dave's Inventive. Think about it. How many products has he brought out even in the last you know, year or two, helping you be a better backyard guy, a better caterer, or a better competition? You tell me. ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. We're back with Mick D right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we are back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. My next guest, uh, probably widely considered to be the hardest working man in barbecue and grilling showbiz, Hey, I just call him Mick D, and uh, we can welcome him back to the show. Guy who has been live in studio before, Michael McDearman, joining me here on the show. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Greg. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Mike. Appreciate you asking. I mean, where do we start tonight? I guess let's start here just for uh, funs and giggles. Uh, for the folks that might not be intimately familiar with Michael McDearman and what he is up to and, and the business of barbecue that you're up to, give us a little refresher on uh, who you are and, and what you do. Well, you know, give me just a second, though. I'm Steve Reich, but I just <laughs> want to say, wow, what a right? fantastic guy to have on No doubt. Show. And, and uh, you know, I, I actually cook a steak myself, and, and uh, his his techniques are spot on, so... It was a pleasure listening to him, and, and somebody asked for some compound butters, and he gave some great ideas. Uh, one that I've used around the barbecue circuit that everybody tended to uh, request was a blue cheese compound butter. And, folks, you can rub your, your steak real quickly with some uh, black pepper, thyme, and a little roasted garlic or, or just raw garlic minced. Then cook it on medium heat, which will be 325 to 350, so you won't burn the garlic. They make a compound butter of butter, sun-dried tomatoes, parsley, and blue cheese. Mm. I use the guy's technique and go with a cup of blue cheese, a golf ball of parsley, and about five sun-dried tomatoes with a stick of butter, and that'll get you squared away. Sounds good to me. Yeah, put it on there. It'll be a nice black and blue steak for you. All right, Michael McDermott joining me here on the show. The website, by the way, if you want to check him out while we're talking, getfiredupfoods.com. Uh, Michael, we have you specifically on tonight because a competition near and dear to my heart took place this past weekend in what the locals call <laughs> Miami, Oklahoma. I call it Miami, and I would get punched in my face if I would say that out loud over there. 
Uh, but this is a contest that, you know, a year ago, first year competition, there were 55 teams. There were a lot of big names. There were a lot of, I guess, uh, what you would call middle tier names. And then, you know, guys just kind of knocking the rust off, maybe first competition ever, a, a wide variety of uh, excellence and noviceness that were kind of sprinkled about the field. And it was just a great time for me to finally get to meet some people that I have interviewed on the show, who sponsor the show. Um, many different wins for me to get out there, aside from just you know getting out into Oklahoma, a place I've never been before in my life, and, and seeing how a barbecue competition kind of goes down out there. You kind of going in this year, the format changes. So what did you think about the format itself, switching from what it was as a traditional-style uh, competition last year to a shootout competition this year? Well, you know what? It had the best of both worlds because it was a double header. Uh, for those that don't know, the shootout was essentially taking the 84 teams that, that signed up for the contest and on-site drawing them out of a, a hat and going in about um, – uh, well, on the first day, drawing them out and splitting them up into a red flight and a blue flight. And when they did this, that basically made two contests out of the one contest teams. That doubles your chances, or it gave three total opportunities out of Miami, Oklahoma, to get a draw for the Royal, to get a draw for the Jack. And uh, you know what? Still made it a state championship qualifier with uh, 42 teams each. Now, when you're out there, obviously, for the people that know you, you've been traveling around the country along with the Sam's Club Tour doing uh, the high-heat portion of it, the, the grilling experience. Um, were, is that something that you were able to, to get into? Were you able to, to teach the steak, Michael McDiarmid method out there to the Oklahoma faithful? Actually, David Qualls. Well, speaking of David, he said to joke with you and tell you that I took your job, but I won't say that. <laughs> I don't it doubt it. I don't doubt it. And, and you know how Dave Qualls is. He always is looking for a funky good time. Um, you know, when uh, he invited me out, he said, we'd love to showcase some uh, teaching methods and stuff. And, and I spent, actually, I was supposed to do a little hour and wound up having so much fun. I did, too. So we had some great fun on the grill. You know, when you're teaching, if we're, I mean, we just spent a good 20 minutes talking with Stephen Reichland about cooking steaks. Uh, your method kind of uh, unique in itself, one that you're teaching and kind of spreading the word as you hit the Sam's Club Trail. You know, for the folks that aren't familiar with it, just maybe a quick thumbnail sketch of uh, how you are teaching people to, to cook steak and what kind of a reaction do you get when your methods are being taught from what the people typically hear from the talking heads on the Food Networks and so forth? You know, and, and I appreciate you coming back to this. But the past three years I've been on the pro barbecue circuit, essentially nine months a year straight on tour on the American Grillmaster Experience. And with that, I've had sponsors uh, and been the Grillmaster for Beef It's What's for Dinner. They're only traveling Grillmaster. Coke, Heinz, McCormick Grill, or McCormick Spices, Bull Grill. Uh, the list goes on. I'm about a dozen companies that I've, I've uh, represented, even Right Brand Bacon and some others. With, with the... Um, things that I've gone around and taught, it's been teaching medium heat, 325 to 350, to caramelize the sugars and the proteins. Uh, jump away from the carcinogens and the cancer-causing stuff and the char and uh, slow your cooking process down because most people, only 5% of the steaks in the country are prime. And uh, so when that happens, you know, you, you're more likely to buy a choice steak and it's easier on your wallet. You're going to get an 8 or $9 steak at the house uh, for, you know, what would be a restaurant-quality $40 steak. So, you know, if, if you do that, you're going to leave 6 to 9% more moisture in your steak, not boil it out and, and uh, create that crust and, and, and that, that toughness on the outside. 
you know, Steve's exactly right. Resting is a very key part of the uh, process when you're cooking a steak. And, and so when you showcase those things, uh, cook to an internal temperature. He, he's in the 120s for his rare IM2, and, and uh, he's in the mid-30s for his medium rare. I have to go to a 145 to be food safe. Uh, to educate the public with the USDA standards. So I pull mine off at 137 to 140 with a three to six degree rise. It's a finishing cook through temperature. And look, I have to say, as someone who saw you do it live when you were at the Sam's Club out there in Canton, Ohio, a couple of years ago, and have had you live in studio, we've obviously talked about it at length here. But for the people that find it hard to at least divert, one time, all I'm asking you is one time, try it like this. And if it's not one of the best ways that you have actually cooked steak and really followed the Michael McDiarmid method of I've uh, termed it, unless there's a you know a, a niftier name than that, but the the way the McD does it, uh, this is a way that might change your steak cooking life. And if you have a wife or you have kids that uh, don't like the way you used to, I mean, why not change it up and get that whole family on board uh, with the way you're doing? It? I mean, I think it's a great job, Michael. Well, I appreciate it. And, you know, when when I see people put the piece of, of steak in their mouth and they're sitting there and they cut their head to the side like my dog when I whistle at them, they, you know, so wondering, going, oh, my gosh, it, can it be? And you see that satisfaction in their eyes. That's the wonderful thing about my job. You know, a restaurant chef in the back, they never get to see their customers and get to see the reaction. I get to see a couple thousand people putting that in their mouth every weekend when I'm out there and, and uh, you know, at these busy contests for sure. You know, it's a something that people realize, and then you see them come back, where's that recipe card? And you know you got them. You know that they're, they've gotten it. And it's only really five simple steps, going straight from the fridge to the grill, preheat each grill 325 to 350, first side five to seven minutes. Second side, go to an internal temperature of what you like, and I'm going to preach you at 137, and then rest it for five minutes. Michael McDiarmid joining me here on the show. GetFiredUpFoods.com, the website, obviously, if you want to check it out. Um, Michael, as we revert back to the competition, you know, as you're calling out, well, let's talk about this. I mean, what the hell is going on over in Oklahoma with that weather for crying out loud? Saturday, oh, was, you know, 70 I was degrees. walking around all comfortable, no jacket, and, and uh, just basking <laughs> in the sun when I got there and, and uh, just enjoying it all. And the Saturday contest goes out. It's mid-60s, you know. You, all you need is an umbrella drink, and you can get one of those in the casino. You know, it, you walk around, and then all of a sudden, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes in Oklahoma because yeah. that wind starts rolling in. And, and Saturday night, it was howling at, at uh, 27 miles an hour constant, and then the gusts and the snow, the sleet, the hail. They were like the postman and the delivery thing. As a uh, MC of the event, as you're seeing things go down, you know, like what's your take? And plus, you get to see, you know, all of the Sam's Club stuff that's going on. So you're well versed to seeing different uh, weather patterns and, and different weather things affect cooks. How did you, in your sense, how did you think that it was affecting the cooks out there going from a 60, 65 degree Saturday into a, a, a Cleveland, Ohio esque Sunday? You know what? I- I knew that it was going to affect the smokers, but we had such a great pool of talent in the teams that were there and the experience levels. I mean, uh, you know, four legs up, strong, you know, Kelly yeah. Wirtz, and, and you come in, high Smokey D's, and the Butcher's there, of course, and, and uh, Sterling Ball with, with uh, Big Papa Smokers. By the way, I got to use uh, the Butcher and uh, BPS 
their steak rubs and my demos, I want to say, you know, the butcher's got a little lemon zing to it. Fantastic. And it's also a brisket rub too, folks. Check it out. Also with uh, Big Papa Smokers, they've got a nice little sweet one that we were using. It's it's strong. So uh, check both of those guys out when you're looking for seasoning your next steak. As far as the the team go and how they were cooking, when you walk around and look at the different different cookers, that's what part of being a pit master is, is understanding how to adapt and change and, and um, take on those elements. So that's part of the fun of the sport, right? Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. And, uh, you know, for you kind of uh, announcing the awards, keeping things going, uh, how did you find this event as uh, one that you're kind of hosting and uh, guiding along to its uh, ultimate end? I want to say... First and foremost, Dick Paul's has a fantastic oh, staff that, crazy. that uh, put it together. So good. But here's concentration on the judging process, vetting the judges and announcing it to the teams and letting them know, you know, if they, these two judges are driving together, guess what? We're splitting them up. We're not letting them judge together. It's It was that kind of intensity. One went to the red side, one went to the blue. Um, he, he wanted to make it as a cook. He wanted to make it a cook's contest. The hospitality was fantastic. Uh, he, he fed sandwiches and, and then uh, biscuits and gravy breakfast, you know, those kinds of things. It, I swear, it felt like it rivaled Hammond, Louisiana, uh, and their reputation for hospitality. As a uh, second-year contest, is this one that you see getting ultimate legs and, and really anchoring down what would, I guess, be the northeast corner of the state of Oklahoma? <laughs> we had teams. I don't think it's just northeast Oklahoma. That's where it'll be. But if you look at this, you had teams from Missouri, Kansas, Iowa, Texas, you know, all around. And, and they came from a long ways away. I think there were even a couple of West Coast teams that popped in. You know, with that, they're driving miles already. In a second-year contest, I think that shows you that uh, the, the depth of the uh, respect they got for it and the quickness of the reputation spreading. Uh, Michael, before I let you go tonight, uh, plans that you have for 2014 and the next coming quarter? You know, it's going to be exciting. We've got a lot of things where I'm going to be going around and doing more of these MCs uh, for events, teaching classes at events and helping them raise funds for their prize pool and for them to uh, supplement the cost of their their um, uh, barbecue contests. And then as far as PBS, uh, one of the Emmy-winning station that I'm familiar with is actually putting into development a live fire cooking show. So we'll be uh, trying to get 13 episodes cranked out. And, Very nice. And uh, get that out. Yeah, and they're going to go straight to national. They're, you know, they've won Emmys with Bluegrass Underground and then also another show called Hippie Jacks. But they say that uh, they think that we'll go straight to national with this. So I'm really excited about that. Um, you know, there's a couple other things that are coming up. Uh, national Lifestyles Magazine is running a contest with me as, as the prize. and That'll be a, a fun one coming up next month, actually, in that Nashville Lifestyles magazine. By the way, a little fact for you here, and I, I, you may know this being uh, through Miami already, but the barbecue folks out there that went to the Sands Club National as well as the KCBS uh, banquet, they got to see Keith Anderson play, country music star. Oh, Miami, Oklahoma is his hometown. Wow. He was actually on the uh, poker chips inside the Buffalo Run Casino. <laughs> Well, there you go. Uh, Michael McDermott, my guest. You can find him again at GetFiredUpFoods.com and racing around this country in uh, 2014. Michael, always appreciate the conversation, and we'll look for you again soon, buddy. Be good. Bye-bye. All right, take care. There he is, Michael McDermott. I call him McD. You should call him McD, too, if you see him out there on the barbecue trail. And again, his website, GetFiredUpFoods.com.
Uh, so, yeah, I mean, where am I at? You get a guy like Michael McDermott shows up in Miami, Oklahoma, steals your gig. That's it for me. One and done, folks. Thanks for coming. David, I love you. Please don't get rid of me. Next year, I swear I'll be there. Don't let me get my mom on the phone. She will tear you up and down, David. I swear to God. All right, uh, we'll wrap up the first hour right after this. But first, let me talk to you about the longest-running sponsor of the show, Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and a host of other products that make your barbecue and grilling life easier. If you're not familiar with how automatic pit temperature control devices work, you know me. I'm not a minute detail kind of guy, but imagine a product that allows you to keep your temperature running all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. It's real-life technology. You can take advantage of it today. Maybe you're a busy working professional like me, day job got you running, or perhaps you are constantly on the run with kids doing errands. And quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperatures. I understand. You get the barbecue guru. It allows you to throw a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs on the cooker. And then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And the barbecue guru maintains the pit temperature you set it at. There's currently a number of different models to choose from. That's right. The ProCom, uh, the CyberQ Wi-Fi, the CyberQ2, the DigiQ DX2, and of course the newest unit that is taking over not only countries but worlds, the PartyQ. $129 for most cookers getting a face. Look, we're going to talk to Bob Trudnack about that next week. If you do have the ceramic-style cookers or the Kamado-style cookers, extra 10 bucks, so $139 for that uh, damper at the bottom to fit on there. But hey... It's uh, contained, self-contained, runs on AA batteries. I affectionately call to the prostitute of automatic temperature controls because it can go from a kettle-style grill to a Kamado-style grill to a bullet-style grill to a regular-style grill. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. The gateway drug of uh, pit temperature control unit. Now, maybe you're in the market for a cooker. How about the Onyx oven? Fully insulated, holds a ton of meat, accommodates the half and full pans for food service. So if you are a caterer or maybe you're a, a competition cook that's huge, uh, cooks a huge amount of meat because you're very trepidatious of your turn-ins. This is the one that's going to do for it. Also, you know it's going to work seamlessly with the Barbecue Guru Pit Temperature Control Technologies. Do yourself a favor. Head on over right now. Check out the products. If you have any questions, give them a call directly, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And they'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Again, 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. That's the website, The Barbecue Guru. A breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's The Barbecue Central Show. Back to 216 Greg at the That's the uh, number to get in touch with the show. Should you see fit, uh, more than happy to have you to jump in tonight. 
What? Come here. Uh, thanks to Michael McDermott for joining me just this past segment. Again, I'm going to go back to it. I'm not just marking out to Michael because uh, he's been in the studio before and he's been on the show a number of times. You know, he does diverge a little bit from the talking heads of what the best way to cook steak is. You know, you're always hearing from, you know, uh, uh, the Food Network and, you know, a lot of these other cooking channels that it's always high heat, blasted, get as hot as you can, sear in the juices, which we all know is false at this point. Take the time just one time. Buy a steak, you know, preheat 325 to 350, cook the steak on one side for five to seven minutes, flip it, cook to the internal temperature you want in that, let it sit for about three, four, five minutes, depending on how thick it is. And then decide for yourself if that might not be a way that you will be cooking steak from now on. I would venture to say, as someone who has tried it uh, once and 10 and 20 times, it's my per- it's my go-to cooking steak method. Plus, it's great to see the reaction on people's faces when uh, they see that you're not you know, stoking up a fire that could also power a locomotive for crying out loud. GetFiredUpFoods.com. Also, in the first hour, we talked with Stephen Reichlin, barbecue and grilling icon, multiple-time author, TV show host, cooking class instructor, BarbecueBible.com. Uh, next time he's on in the third week of what will be April, we'll talk about the Southern American barbecue sauces that he referenced as we ushered him out of the segment. Lots to come here in the second hour. We have a Sterling Ball sighting coming up at about 10.14. We have a Justin McGlawn Lucky's Q who won the Smoking at the Run Barbecue Shootout sighting coming up at 10.35. Uh, we also have your phone calls, your emails, bunch of different stuff coming up here. So I invite you to stick around. I'm going to uh, refresh my libation. I suggest you do the same. And we'll be back here at the top of the hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show on barbecuecentralshow.com, also outdoorcookingchannel.com, also Roku. However you're getting it, happy to have you, and we'll see you back here in just a couple minutes. Stick around. We'll be right back. to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show we cook because we have to and we grill because we want to fine how's it going <laughs> you have a great show i'm a big fan so what 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 seems to be the problem here this man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle charbono it's all about the charbono dude Succulent fish, what? We ate 50 before wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working right now. Ooh. Top men. All right, just like that, we are in the second hour. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things, all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Uh, we do this show live every Tuesday from 9 to 11. We're also recording it for people that will uh, hear it after the fact. But for the people that are listening live, appreciate you the most. The most. 
It is uh, the barbecue capital of the North Coast, by the way. You can jump in, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Should you see fit to weigh in on any topic that we are uh, talking about tonight or make up a topic, let me know what you're up to. More than happy to have you here on the show. Uh, Once again, coming up here on the show still tonight, Sterling Ball, pitmaster of Big Papa Smokers, and also Justin McGlawn from... Lucky's cute pitmaster who won smoking at the Run Barbecue Shootout this past weekend in Miami, Oklahoma, which is uh, the place that uh, McDee was at MC. So lots of uh, intertwining interviews and so forth going on here on the uh, show. Uh, by the way, folks, you know I talk about it each and every week. Now that it's under full swing, the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour rolled into Fort Worth, Texas this past weekend. Besting a packed field of competitors was a Wildcatters Q crew. That's right. Showing true mastery, the art of low and slow, claimed the grand championship with an overall score of 670 points and loose change. Uh, Of course, the top six teams who are in this particular local, move on to the regional event in Miss, uh, Midwest City, Oklahoma, which is September 20th, as we talked about last week, for this particular pool. Again, the top six, uh, Wildcatters Q Crew winning Caveman Cuisine. Reserve Grand Champion Twin Pigs is third, Inhognito. What a great name, Inhognito. Fourth, Brotherhood Barbecue, fifth, and rounding out the top six. Can't smoke this. Can't smoke this. Uh, winning the categories uh, Brotherhood Barbecue in Chicken Pork was Caveman Cuisine Ribs with Brotherhood Barbecue and Brisket. In Hog Nito. I just love saying In Hog Nito. Absolutely. <laughs> love it. Uh, again, they will be moving on to the Midwest City Oklahoma Regional Final in September on the 20th. So look for them, Wildcatters, Caveman Cuisine, Twin Pigs Barbecue, In Hog Nito, Brotherhood Barbecue, and Can't Smoke This. Congratulations to all that uh, showed up and did it. And I, there is another Sam's Club event that is taking place. Hold on. Got to go back to the KCBS, kcbs.us. Oh, too many U.S.'s there. I'll get to it here. Just wait a damn minute. All right, Midwest City, Oklahoma. Uh, coming up. Uh, who? Oh, maybe we're off. Are we off? Five, five, five. Yeah, looks like we might be off for a little bit here. Maybe not. Oh, no, 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 absolutely not. Coming up this weekend, that would be 322. First local in Las Vegas, uh, well, in the Las Vegas regional. This one will take place in Tucson, Arizona. And it is packed full of teams. You can find it on March 22nd. Tucson, Arizona. And again, that will feed into the Las Vegas Regional, which takes place, whoa, next month, end of next month. First Regional will be in the books through Las Vegas. So you got uh, 322. The following week is in Sacramento, California. following week is in Renton, Washington. following week, Salt Lake City, Utah. following week, Thornton. Colorado culminating in the Las Vegas Regional on 426. Wow, that's going to be back to back to back to back. Four weeks in a row, five weeks in a row right there. Uh, So, hey, 
take a look at the Sam's Club. Again, uh, we were just talking with Michael McDermott about it. Um, the smoking at the Run Barbecue Shootout took place in Miami, Oklahoma this past weekend. Uh, again, obviously, this was a contest that I hosted last year. Had a great time. We had uh, David Qualls on the show a few weeks back talking about how it had changed from uh, the format last year to the format this year. And uh, here are the results for that one. By the way, I want to mention a favorite contest of mine that will be taking place this... What? Wait a second. 80. Yeah, all right. Nevertheless, I forgot to keep writing on that one. So for the people that wanted to know how the uh, flights finished up, let me get to the results. Sweet child of mine. All right. Um, I don't know which particular flights these were, but the smoking at the run shootout. Uh, top five out of uh, this particular flight, four legs up, Butchers, uh, Barbecue, Casey, Can Crew, Qwow, and uh, Burnt at Both Ends. Uh, those were the top five in that particular flight. And then you had the next flight, Clark Crew Barbecue, Outlaw, uh, Outlaw Hogs Barbecue, Lucky's Q, Shake and Bake Barbecue, and the Smokin' Hills. Uh, I met Smokin' Hills last year as well. And uh, where is the... Is that, is not gonna, is that not going to show? Oh, here we go. Final results, Smokin'. At the run, barbecue shootout, Lucky's Q, Clark Crew Barbecue. Wow, good finish. A Q Wow finishing very well as well. Little Pig Town and Gillies Barbecue. Uh, wow, I think Gillies was a reserve grand championship last year. That guy had a great season last year. Watch out for Gillies. He's something else, I think. Gillies Barbecue. Always got an eye on that guy now ever since I met him. Um, if we uh, quickly turn to the top five in the uh, KCBS overall team of the year standings. Uh, they were second last week. Uh, they have now bumped back up to first place. Uh, Donnie Bray, Warren County Pork Choppers. Uh, he's reversed fortunes with Q and Stewin and Bruin. Butcher Barbecue, look at this guy. Third place overall for team of the year. Uh, Darren Worth, Iowa Smokey D's and Smoke Me Silly uh, rounding out the top five. Uh the IBCA, who I will actually be having an interview with uh, next week, Lynn Shivers will be joining me here on the show. Uh, they do not have any uh, defined team of the year. Otherwise, I would be giving you those as well. Uh, but we'll uh, float quickly over to the Florida Barbecue Association. Top five for team of the years as they sit right now. Uh, Jim Elser, Sweet Smoke Q, leading the board right now. Uh, Matt Barber, Hot Wachulas, Dana Hillis, uh, Big Papa Smokers. I'm sorry. Big Papa Country Kitchen. Sorry about that. Uh, fourth, Gitter Smoked. Fifth, Swamp Boys. And a uh, number of other teams are uh, really close in that one as well. So um, that one's shaping up to be yet another hotly contested team of the year for Florida Barbecue Association. Very nice. And, you know, I, I often am, I am reading about, you know, news things that are happening out there. In the world these days, and, you know, if I've seen this story come up once, I've seen it 1,000 times. Firefighters called to barbecue inside a flat. What? Look, what is going on over in the Englands? Because it always seems that when I see these stories, it's because somebody over in England has decided that it has been a great idea 
to locate a charcoal burning device in a house. For instance, two fire engines rushed to a Batley car flat after smoke from a barbecue filled the homes. The fire was not burning when firefighters from Dewsbury Fire Station arrived at the Warwick Road flat shortly before 11 a.m. today, uh, which was Monday, so yesterday. But fans were used to clear the smoke. A fire station spokesman said the woman had been barbecuing her breakfast in her kitchen and didn't realize the danger. Fumes had filled the flat. People should not use barbecue indoors. Carbon dioxide fumes released are dangerous, and the flimsy tins cans can easily burn through. She was very lucky. The lady, who was around 70 years old, was given the fire prevention advice, and her smoke alarms were checked for accuracy. Hey, lady, how about this? Stop cooking on charcoal inside your house. Get that big stuff out of here. I... Does anybody else remember the story I did of, like, the 70-year-old lady whose dryer broke in England, and she brought in the charcoal fire grill from the garden in the back, lit it in the laundry room, and, and hung laundry up? She hung laundry up for the charcoal fire to dry out. Are you kidding me? Folks, you can't burn charcoal inside the house. It's going to kill you. Carbon monoxide, you know, not something you want to breathe in. Just a word to the wise. Coming up out of the break, Sterling Ball from Big Papa Smokers. Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply folks uh, known for their amazing wide selection of cookers, sauces, rubs, all things for both the backyard cook and the serious competition team needs. They sell Big Green Eggs, Kamado Joe Cookers, Primos, Mac, Green Mountain Pellet Grills, all the Weber Grills, and Smokers as well, Meadow Creek Smokers, and Cookers. They're also one of the largest barbecue guru dealers in the country, and the very first to offer professional and amateur cooking classes featuring well-known chefs, Harry Sue, Todd Johns, Dan Hicks, and just to name a few. They've all graced the downtown, beautiful Shillington, Pennsylvania location of Tasty Lakes Barbecue Supply. You can uh, visit them at tastylakesbbq.com. You can call them at 800-677-2882. Call Fred Bernardo right now. Call him whatever you want. Call him the smoking guitar player. Just buy something for crying out loud. What I mean to say is this. If you call him at 800-677-2882 or if you go to the internet and check him out at tastylakesbbq.com, You'll find that the Smoke Guitar Player has over 150 cooking videos on the website. And in a couple of them, he doesn't even try to sell you anything. I'm not even kidding. He's just spitting knowledge like crazy. Fred, really into pizza these days. You're a pizza cook. You like to cook pizza on the pellet grill, on the big green egg, or the Kamado-style grills. He's your guy. He's the expert. Plus, he gets real hypertech with it. He's got the Forno Bravo ovens, the real pizza ovens, all that stuff. Uh, the special flour and the ingredients that you need to make like real Italian pizza pie. Bada boom. Fred's the guy. Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Beautiful downtown Schilling, Pennsylvania. If you're in the area, stop by. He's cooking everything all the time. You can always stop in mostly and get like uh, free samples. He's got all the rubs and sauces that you need. You got to check him out. TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. Or call them 800-677-2882. That's 800 800- Six seven seven two eight eight two. Fred also says, never cook in your house with charcoal fire. You're bound to die, literally. Uh, we're back with Big Papa Smokers Pitmaster 
and uh, business owner Sterling Ball right after this. Stick around. Be right back. From the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we're back. 216 220 0966. Greg at the BBQ uh, John Dawson writing in, Charcoal Fire Indoors. Lest we forget that Brad Delp, lead singer of the 70s band Boston, used charcoal grill in his bathroom to kill himself. What? John, only you would know that, for crying out loud. I, actually, I bet my next guest would probably know that bit of uh, trivia information as well. Uh, you know him as the uh, creator of the very successful line of Big Papa Smokers Rubs, the pitmaster of Big Papa Smokers. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show. Sterling, how are you, buddy? Well, I'm fabulous. How are you doing, Greg? Oh, Sterling, I am doing absolutely fabulous myself. Appreciate you asking. A lot of different things that we can get into here tonight. Um, as mentioned by uh, Michael McDermott here a little bit ago, uh, you took part in the uh, Smoking at the Run Barbecue shootout. Uh, look, I mean, I know where you're coming from, and that is a hike and a half. What the hell are you doing out in Oklahoma? I have no life. <laughs> I mean, uh, undoubtedly, but still, that's a hike for even a man with no life. No, what what we try and do is uh, we always try and plan one road trip other than the Royal, and uh, this was ours. And uh, we had great seventy-two degree weather and then thirty degree weather. It was it was fun. I got to hit Darren with a, a snowball. That was my highlight. <laughs> are, are you uh, somebody that has seen? A uh, what I would call a substantial amount of snow in your lifetime, or uh, have you always been a little bit more sheltered from the white stuff? I uh, I wear shorts all the time, probably <laughs> less than a dozen times in my life. So when you have a day that is you know sixty five degrees, relatively sunny, maybe a little bit windy on a Saturday, and then you know overnight it turns into uh, what I term as uh, Cleveland weather. Is that uh, a little disconcerting to you, or is that something you're prepared for and you're easily uh, handling? Well, you know, we, we cook on our old Hickory, how's that for a plug, uh, pit, and uh, we cook in a trailer. So, you know, it's it's a little, it's just interesting. I mean, it's distracting because we, we take pictures of the snow, you know. All right, so let me ask you about that. This is a, a subject that I wanted to talk to you uh, about tonight is this. Uh, old Hickory Pit, obviously, uh, you know, you're a guy that is looking to invest within the industry. You're bringing rubs, you're bringing, uh, you know, the, the drum smokers, you're a, a distributor of a bunch of different pellet grills and all this stuff. But uh, here is a, uh, I guess, to my knowledge, a, a very unique pit. It's with a, a very uh, respected pit manufacturer, at least in the food service industry in Old Hickory. Uh, but this is like a, a competition smoker that you really had a, a big hand in uh, kind of helping engineer and get out to the market. Tell me about it. And uh, it's really got quite a uh, unique look to it, if you will. 
Well, it's, it's really just a smaller CPO, but Old Hickory has been a great competition pit uh, manufacturer forever. And um, the Knight family is one of the best families out there. And, you know, that's one of the things we have in barbecue is a collection of great families. It's not hugely corporate. And uh, I started working with David and Alex on the Little Ace, and not many people were using it, and we started doing pretty well. And there were just a couple changes that I made, and I sort of did well. I think I had two GCs and three contests with it. And uh, so we decided to sell it. And uh, this is something that's not really an investment. It's more of an endorsement. But I really love the product. Um, I'm also a dealer for their bigger pits. But, I mean, they're pretty bulletproof. I love how they cook. Uh, they're a convection cooker, the BP model, and it's it's very fast, which is kind of fun. We put our big meats on at 7 in the morning on the 30-degree day. 7 in the morning? The day's almost over. Well, for some. <laughs> or it's still rolling from the, ne- uh, from the, the morning previously. So, I mean... It's seven in the morning. I mean, turn-ins are typically starting around noon. I mean, how quick are you cooking a, a brisket? About four and a half hours. Wow. Five hours. Yeah, of course, by my results this weekend, maybe they could have stayed in longer, but Scott Key of Little Pig Town is also cooking on one, and he did very well. He was fourth overall. Um, Scott Nelson of Pigskin is cooking on one this year, too. I think IAB 30 is. There's a few few guys uh, looking at them, too. It's, it's, it's interesting. You know, we all have a disease. We all need to buy pits and, and more stuff. It, it seems that the overwhelming favorite pit over the last number of years has been uh, the Jamie Gear Jambo pit. Uh, I mean, would you like to see uh, this old hickory pit kind of gain a, a similar popularity amongst the, the barbecue uh, elite competition cookers, or, or, I mean, is it not that kind of a, a, oh, of a thing uh, for you? No, you know, look, I think Jamie Gear, I have Jambos. I love Jambos. I think Jamie is an absolute genius. Uh, I think it was awesome that he won Houston. Uh, no, I don't look at things like that. And the perfect example is the Gateway Drum Smoker. Um, so when Darren got one for Christmas from Sherry, you know, and people posted, oh, Sterling's going to be upset. I wasn't even a little bit upset. I got that same disease. So, you know, <laughs> damn it, Gateway, he just came out with the big Papa Smokers uh, model that I sell. Because I think the the world's about choices and having more choices. So, um, you know, I think the, the the fact that I make a drum and sell, you know, the most successful drum out there, too, as a dealer. And by the way, I got to tip my hat to all those guys and the, you know, the insane can guys. They all can cook. They're all a ton of fun. And some of them even use my rubs. <laughs> Sterling Ball joining me here on the show, BigPapaSmokers.com, the website if you want to check it out while we're talking. Um, you know, another thing I wanted to hit on tonight, I'm wearing the, the sweatshirt, by the way, that you sent me, is this uh, West Coast offense. And I've seen some posts about it recently here on uh, the worldwide internets. Can you define specifically what the West Coast offense is? Is it just all the rubs between uh, Simply Marvelous and Big Papa Smokers? Does it have to be this rub from you and this rub from him going on at certain times during the day over certain meets? I mean, define West Coast offense aside from being a horrific abomination of offense that the Cleveland Browns tried to run last year. 
Yeah, exactly. And thank God we've been a little more successful then. Listen, it's sort of in marketing. I mean, West Coast is not exactly considered something that you'd want to talk about in barbecue. And so it was kind of tongue-in-cheek, the West Coast offense. And it started with Steph and I. We'd get paired next to each other, and I always liked his rubs, and he liked mine, and we started kind of playing around with combinations. And then guys like Matt Dalton at Left Coast came along, and he started playing with them too and we came up with some combinations that started doing well and of course with the elite team the elite teams you know we communicated those to guys like scott nelson and you know tippy and and uh ryan and the boys and and uh tim of tuba not iowa guy but and we uh so those are the west coast offense it was sort of a joke so we made t-shirts and sweatshirts but really it's combinations it's uh a lot of sweet money and sweet seduction on things like chicken. It's uh, peppered cow and double secret on brisket or peppered cow and money. Uh, but there's a lot of different combinations there, and it is winning. And there was a lot of, um, just this weekend in Miami, a lot of West Coast offense did very well. One of the competitions that uh, had just taken place uh, during the early part of the year was this guinea pig contests that uh, you would put on and I, I guess one of the things that I kind of admire about you aside from being you know a, a captain of industry uh, well outside the barbecue market uh, that people may or may not know about uh, that we're not getting into tonight but is uh, that you've tried to kind of corral the uh, the barbecue competition scene and uh, really boilerplate it or, or bring it on the carpet to expose it for what it is and and bring competitions to people that aren't going to break the bank and that people can be kind of a, an even cooking field. And and uh, this guinea pig contest certainly a, a good example of that. If you could, kind of bring us back to that competition in its genesis and how you saw it come off after the, the whole thing ended. Okay, well, here's the deal. Doing, uh, I'm a promoter of contests. I'm a competitor and I'm a dealer. And I'm a manufacturer. So that's sort of a lot of hats. Yeah. Uh, probably my least favorite hat is promoter. <laughs> and uh, and it's not from the king of the smokers. That's easy. Because I'm, i got to tell you, as a promoter, the great teams are, are easy. Super easy. Uh, as a promoter of, of a, not an elite invitational, the, uh, the great teams that showed up are easy in uh, – the beginning teams are just happy to be there. It's all the other stuff that wears you out. And if you talk to promoters, they'll tell you that. But the guinea pig uh, was me proving a point. Number one, it was a private contest because we have issues entertaining the crowd and keeping sponsors. So there were, there were no sponsors to make happy. So that was the first thing. It was at a private resort, uh, RV resort and uh, Shadow Hills RV resort took such great care of us. It was $400. We got two days at the resort. Kids were in the pool. But, you know, a lot of people have that weren't there have questioned it afterwards and said, well, you know, this wasn't a great deal. Well, it was. And I never said it was cheap. I said it was cost-controlled. It was $400. And, of course, we had travel getting there, but most of the teams were from Southern California. But you got your meat. Um and you got fed. Uh, we had a kid's queue where we had 26 kids cooking 
and they each got to take home a little mini Weber. We had a very, very large, I think, 36-person dessert thing. Uh, None of this is groundbreaking, but we did bring the family back. We also, one of the most expensive parts of a contest is, is power, generators. So I also wanted to make it more like the old days, which I wasn't there for, but where it was a bunch of friends seeing who could who could cook bad meat the best, and there weren't generators and stuff. So at 10 o'clock, the generators went off. If you had an inverter, you could run it. And there was a lot of grumbling about it beforehand, but walking the contest at 10 o'clock, it was so cool. And people pulled me aside and said, God, I like this. So anyway, it was a redistribution of prize money. We paid 10 places. And several people that had similar results at the competitions before that came home with no money, came home with seven or 800 bucks. And so it was a really good weekend for them. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show, bigpapasmokers.com, the website if you want to check it out. Um, is that a, a contest that you see doing every year or, or maybe multiple times a year? Sure. And I also think regionally, I mean nationally, it's got legs. Uh, you really need a meat sponsor or you need to figure out a sponsor. And um, the one mistake that I'll admit to is that I didn't limit the size of the briskets or the butts. I had a guaranteed size, but some people got bigger briskets than other, and they got a little upset, even though I gave them prime briskets instead of choice. But next year, we're going, you know, they got their meat via a random ping pong ball draw, and we're going to take pictures of the meat in the box and we're going to also make sure that everything's within a one- or two-pound range. Uh, but there was only a few people that really complained, but it's the Internet, and I don't think they ever stopped to think how hard it is to put together 50 boxes of competition meat. So I think we did a really good job at that. You know, when we talk about competition barbecue, uh, you know, you kind of harken back to, to days that, you know, you weren't in it yet, uh, but you seem kind of fond of and trying to recreate to a certain extent here in 2014, 2013, and as we move forward. Um, how do you see the, the state of competition barbecue? I mean, oh, you have a lot of facts. You're, you're a big research guy. You know, what are you seeing and, and how are you seeing it trend over the next, you know, 12 months, 24 months, 36 months? Well, I see a lot of big contests being canceled, but there's still uh, slightly more on the books for this year. Um, Treasure Island in Minnesota, I guess, was canceled this week. That was a $30,000 contest. I think that the, the real opportunity in barbecue is to get the 7,400 and something people who cook more than twice a year. So much of what we do in competition barbecue is geared towards team of the year. Now, of the 7,800 teams that competed last year, 27 teams cooked more than 25 times. 27? It used to be 27. Wow. And uh, teams that cooked more than 13, between 13 and 25, were 121. So you have 148 teams that cook 12 times or more, 13 times or more. And... One of the things, one of the reasons why I'm working with Barbecue Scores is we now have created a database that allows you to to sort based on how many contests you're going to cook and see how you stack up. And a perfect example, I had 
uh, a guy email or actually post to the brethren that he's very disappointed in competition barbecue because he came in 350th. But when he went to barbecue scores and uh, sorted five contests or less, he was ninth in the country. He felt a lot better about the effort that he did. Right. And think about a tennis club or a bowling league that only had an open division. And that's what we have in barbecue. So I think one thing that can be very helpful is to do more things to bring the family back, do more things to control the cost, and give people some goals to shoot for. Because the team of the year goal, I mean, it's 40 contests now that you've got to do to commit to that. And and this year's winner, TrueBud, uh, fabulous cooks, member of the lead team, they're going to cook less than 20 contests this year. Yeah. In fact, Greg, what's really interesting is if you look at the sort from 2013 of the guys who cook between 13 and 25, it's Left Coast, it's Tippy Canoe, Blazing Blues, Pellet Envy, One, Two, Pigskin, somehow I snuck in there, Big P's, Little Pig Town, and GQ. Uh, eight of those guys are guys who used to cook 40 times a year. Yeah. I mean, other than me, that's pretty much an all-star team there. You're, you're so not, you're not nice, terrible. We're, we're going to recognize <laughs> those different, uh, those different uh, contest numbers. So is, is there a, a, a break point now, or is it realistic to talk about, you know, the teams that are going to be doing 35 and 40 competitions that, that should somehow be factioned off? And and I don't know if you call them, you know, more professional or less professional or, or just a different stratus because not every, I mean the major overwhelming majority of people aren't going to be doing those competitions. So uh, likewise, well, so they're I'll, not going to be team of the story. year, right? You know, I can tell you, there's 27 that did it. It's yep. easier to name the ones that do it than don't. So if if so there's listen, only 27 here's teams, what has to happen? Okay, what really has to happen is we've got data now. And we've got to look at the data and find good uses for it so we can create good plans for the future. And one of them is that you can do right away is that the 300-point contest is based solely on number of teams. Yeah. And we all have data, and we all have a handicap, so to speak, okay? And you need to come up with some kind of good formula that considers at least team strength along with number of teams. Sterling Ball joining us here on the show, bigpapasmokers.com. A couple minutes we have left, Sterling, uh, in a complete divergence of sorts. Uh, What's going on with BJ's Brewhouse? (laughs) You know, that was so fun for me, and it is really fun because (laughs) I started out to help them with their barbecue, and it's 150 stores, and it went pretty well, and the CEO asked me, if I wanted to see what it was like to participate in one round of culinary creation. And I did. And working with the guys there, it's just, first of all, it's a state-of-the-art kitchen, the most beautiful kitchen. I think it's like 6,000 feet uh, with great chefs. And I, I, I wear a chef's coat, but my title at BJ's is a, uh, I think you've got the picture of it. Yeah, chief coat. instigator, right? Defensigator, but <laughs> some of my stuff with the help of those guys is on the menu, like the Mediterranean chicken tacos and uh, that are on a pita bread. So it's been really fun. And actually, 
I'm now signed as a uh, actual consultant, culinary consultant to them. So that's something I'm going to continue to do in my spare time, which really means that I just sleep an hour or two less. Hey, uh, hour or two less, no big deal. Uh, we're talking with Sterling Ball, Big Papa Smokers. Again, the website, bigpapasmokers.com. Sterling, always appreciate the conversation, and we'll look for you again soon. All right. Hey, thanks, Craig. You got it. There he is, Sterling Ball. BigPapaSmokers.com if you uh, want to check him out. Uh, literally one of the biggest online retailers of uh, all things that have to do with barbecue and grilling. So, uh, you know, if you, if you can't find a, a cooker or, you know, obviously he's got his uh, very successful line of rubs and, uh, and all that stuff there, probably not going to be able to find it anywhere. I swear, between uh, him and Fred, if you can't find it between those two stores, it's just not out there. They're not carrying it. Anybody is. Uh, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack. The competition season well underway. If it hasn't started for you, are you ready? Cook Shack has a smoker to get you in the winner circle. Fast Eddies by Cook Shack, the FEC 100, the choice of many teams on the competition circuit. Uh, Dave Bosco, Butcher Barbecue, Dana Hillis, Big Papa Country Kitchen, and Todd Johns of Plowboys Barbecue have competed using FEC 100 for years. Dave won the 2012 Barbecue Contest at the World Food Championships in Las Vegas and was featured on this past season's Barbecue Pitmaster Show. Todd John won the American Royal in 2009 using his FEC 100. Other notable teams using the FEC, DBQ, Danielle Domofsky, Jiggy Piggy, Pork Patrol Barbecue, and Jeff Northcutt from Dr. Nordy's Barbecue. So why do these legendary pitmasters prefer the FEC 100? Todd Johns of Plowboys considered his two FEC 100s as a member of his cooking team. They handle his fire management. He then can cook by himself, does uh, not have to worry about the pit temperature. They will be consistent. He can roll into the contest 6 p.m., prep his meats, and be ready to cook quickly. The FEC 100 puts you in control so you can concentrate on your flavor profiles and making those turn-in boxes. Cook Shack has testimonials, how-to videos on the website, cookshack.com, and their YouTube channel if you want to see these pitmasters tell you themselves why they prefer the Cook Shack FEC 100 for their competition season. The FEC features a digital Cook Shack IQ4 controller, which lets you set the smoke, cooking time, and temperature, and the holding temperature. The heat and flavor source is 100%. Food-grade wood pellets that are easily obtainable, inexpensive, easy to store. The pellet heat is controlled by a fully automated pellet system and produces very little ash as compared to traditional stick burners and, of course, with charcoal smokers as well, especially if you're using briquettes. If you want to use more smoke flavor, Cook Shack offers an optional log burner that Stuart Powell told us about last week. Uh, just call one of the friendly sales professionals at Cook Shack, 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. And they can tell you more about everything that you want to know. CookShack.com is the website. Check it out and discover the real taste of barbecue. It's Cook Shack. Happy to have them aboard here. All right, uh, we're back with Justin McGlawn from Lucky's Q right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. 
and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? I never asked for this. All right, we're back. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Helping me close the show tonight, Pitmaster of Lucky's Q, winner of the Smokin' at the Run barbecue shootout this past weekend, an inaugural Kingsford Invitational contestant, former Sam's Club national champion. Let's go ahead and welcome back Justin McGlon to the show. Justin, how are you, bud? Good. How are you doing, Greg? Oh, I'm doing absolutely <laughs> fabulous, man. Um, I got to ask because it's happened a couple times in the past. No echo tonight, right? We got no echo this time. All right, it's perfect. Uh, Justin McGlon joining me here on the show. All right, so Justin, not your typical contest this past weekend. It's shootout style. So there's a couple flights on Saturday, and you qualify in depending on where you finish, and you get to cook in the final event on Sunday. So like three total contests. What do you think about this kind of format? Is this something that you could, you know, kind of cook in every weekend? Is it good to pick your spots on these type of things? Where's your thought? I liked it. It was a it was a different feel. Um, you, you know, you still got to cook against whoever's there. Uh, you really, it didn't really matter. I just looked at it as a simple one day contest, normal thing. And um, you know, you got forty two teams versus eighty four. I mean, so you're looking at the same teams just you know they just split them up and you know it was funny after the um the flights were called everyone was trying to pick what flight was harder and everything like that you know they were pretty even it was really surprising how that evened out and uh, everything came to head the way it did you know in some ways justin does it does it have a a sam's club-esque feel to it and having to hit the qualifying number to move on to sunday uh and then uh, you know on saturday are you looking to qualify and hopefully win or are you cooking to win and then if you qualify then that's great and you get to move on Sunday what's the the mindset when you know you have dual competitions well my goal was to uh prove that you can do it both days um I didn't want to come out on Saturday and uh have a good showing and then totally tank on Sunday you know kind of like the royal feel people get you know a lot of the teams that are called on Saturday don't get called on Sunday so my idea was to come out and cook salad both days and uh, hopefully come out, you know, on top. And you, you just put forth your best effort both days. Uh, you got to look at it separate contests, and that's how my mindset was, I guess. So talk to me about the weather a little bit here, and because I guess, you know, when I'm talking to the pitmasters on the show each and every week, it's not like that's a topic that comes up. You know, maybe a little rain here and there, maybe a little wind, but... You know, Saturday, it's warm, kind of a, a, a nice day, maybe a little windy, but, you know, f- Sunday, Miami, Oklahoma does its best impersonation of Cleveland, Ohio with snow and wind, and it's miserable from a competitor's side of things. How does this affect what you're doing from a, a nice day Saturday to cold and snowy on Sunday? Well, it's like being in Iowa, really. I mean, we uh, we deal with that quite a bit, but uh, I think Mike, uh, Mike Wozniak, put it best he goes i've cooked in snow i've cooked in sleet i've cooked in rain and i've cooked in wind but he says i haven't had it all in one day so i mean <laughs> it was the best example of i heard all weekend because that's all we had it was it was non it was non-stop it was relentless that wind uh every time you open the trailer it took two people because if you didn't hold on to the door when you're going to get some under your pit it, the door just slammed shut or slammed shut or slammed against the wall 
I mean, it was uh, it was a battle. It was. When you and uh, and uh, you know the team are headed out there, are, are you actively watching the weather and, and trying to get the forecast to see what it's like, or does it kind of catch you by surprise? Actually, we I checked it for probably two weeks prior, you know, on and off, and before we left, you know, they talked a little bit of uh, rain on Saturday night, and I didn't think it would be a big deal, and then all of a sudden, a day prior, you know, it was like, oh yeah, we're going to get snow now and uh gust of 45 mile an hour and all this stuff and uh needless to say i was a little unprepared weather, uh, clothes wise you know i always had some warm weather clothes i didn't pack rain gear and everything like that like i should have but uh you know you, you you try to watch it for what you can but <laughs> this one kind of was a little unexpected justin mcglon from lucky's q joining me here kind of recapping the smoking at the run barbecue shit out this past weekend that they ended up winning overall uh, on Sunday. So, you know, when you're dealing with this weather, you know, what techniques have you learned over the years? You said you're from <laughs> Iowa, so you're kind of used to cooking in this. What techniques do you implement to really uh, hopefully can give you some consistency uh, so you can kind of achieve that final product that you're normally getting? Well, my biggest concern was uh, not to open the pit more than I had to. You know, uh, sometimes you might check your brisket or your pork to get done um, five times instead of checking, you know, I checked it twice. Um, I left myself a little less window on that. Um, I also, with my ribs, I didn't want to get in there and spritz them like I normally do, which kind of affected my overall ribs, but then that guaranteed my brisket and my pork would be done. And even my chicken, you know, uh, chicken such on a timeline that if I don't let it cook for the desired temp for the desired time, that it's not going to be where I want it at turning time. So, um, you open that door, it takes... You know, it takes five, ten minutes for the temp to get back to where it was before, and, uh, you know, that's that's a big deal. Uh, what kind of a pit are you guys cooking on? Um, I'm still cooking on the stump stretch, and then I also uh, been starting to cook on the, they came out with a stumpster model. It's a smaller uh, version with a charcoal on the bottom. It's more of a direct, but it's got a heat diverter on it, and I cook my pork and uh, some ribs on that, actually, so. And switching it up a little bit, and then I have a BPS can to finish chicken on. You know, there's a lot of different cookers out there. You stick burners, you have the gravity feds, the verticals, and uh, so forth. Why does the the stump seem to to work for you guys? And, and what other pits have you guys toiled around with the, during your time in the competition scene? Um, this was the, the original pit I started with competition barbecue. To tell you the truth, and uh, I like it just because uh, it's kind of a it's consistent temperature, and uh, I do not have to worry about tending my fire when I'm doing turn-ins, when i am uh, got other things going on. Um, it really opens me up to uh, concentrate on what I have to do at the time versus, you know, tending the fire or anything like that. And it produces good product, and it's insulated. You know, you get the weather like this, you know, you don't get the temperature spikes. You don't get, you know, it's consistent all the way across. So it's a, it's a great pit. What did you think of the uh, the venue out there in, in Oklahoma? Uh, something you've uh, kind of seen before, or is this a, a whole new uh, type of a, a look for you? Well, you can tell that uh, a, a cook organized it because he did a wonderful job. Uh, you didn't have to worry about ice if you needed it. You know, and then Saturday was a warmer, so we went through a little bit more ice on things. Uh, you know, he, he had grease barrels, ash barrels accessible to um, – the cook, the judging area, the turn-ins were right centrally located, which was a a great touch. 
you know, some teams have a longer walk than others at a lot of contests. So it's kind of nice to, you know, have those amenities. You can tell there's those little touches that, uh, you know, that were put on by someone that cooks for, you know, contests and stuff like that. As you're going through Sunday, you're getting the categories called out. You eventually make it into the uh, overall awards, and uh, Lucky's Q is called as uh, overall grand champion. Um, what kind of an, a sense of accomplishment uh, do you feel, given the fact that you've had to kind of toil through the weather? Uh, obviously, a great number, a lot of big name teams out there too. Just, I mean, certainly you're no, uh, you're, you're not not used to cooking in very big events and winning big events. Uh, but you know, early in the year, this has probably got to be a, a good boost to getting off on the right foot. Yeah, it definitely was. We uh, we kind of had the monkey on our back. We haven't had a grand since uh, Sam's Club, actually, uh, that we won two years ago. And uh, we've been had a reserve and a couple of thirds and fours, you know, been bouncing around. And it was a uh, to come out early in the year and do this. It was a it was a big uh, big boost for our team, and we can really look forward to the rest of the season. And that was my goal starting off. I want to hit it hard early and possibly see uh, if we can, you know, just cook some contests and do really well instead of uh, just, you know, kind of field fill all all year long. How many contests are on the Lucky's Q slate at this point? Well, we got well, seven by the first uh, weekend in May. Um, then after that, it's kind of depends on where, how we keep doing. Um, I know I'm, I'm signed up for Sam's Club. Actually, I'm signed up for two of them because I'm going to go to Madison and hopefully qualify and be able to hit a local contest near here. That's really fun. Um, other than that, you know, we're we're kind of playing it by ear. Uh, we got a lot of our favorites, of course. You know, place we won the first GC in Owatonna, and so we might be looking at 15 for sure. You know, if we start doing really well, we might get a little higher than that. 20 kind of depends on the year. Did you guys take a look at? You know, flavor profiles, techniques, uh, everything that has to do with uh, how the end product was getting evolved into uh, during the off season. Like, were there any significant changes that you guys had made? Well, I had limited time with the, this winter uh, to do much because the, the weather was not ideal. But um, my biggest change was uh, the change from Blue's Hog. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I uh, very use very little blues hog in any of my products and this was a big change for me and i kind of developed some sauces that i wanted to use on some things and uh i'm trying to get against the the a different taste profile for or flavor profile is the word i guess looking for on uh some of the meats and that complement the meat and um you know just something a little different so if this takes off and you start winning hand over fist uh, do we see a Lucky's Q barbecue sauce coming in jars here uh, before the end of the year? <laughs> I doubt that. I doubt that. <laughs> Got a lot of work tweaking to do yet, but it's it, 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 it's it's good, put it that way. So to verbally say out loud that you are going away from Blues Hog seems to be like uh, uh, barbecue suicide because it still seems to be like a, a prevailing flavor profile or at least an ingredient that people are using. Uh, do you see a, a trend of people starting to get away with that to maybe uh, stand out a little bit more instead of falling into the, the, the same vanilla flavor profile that's been winning these many years? Oh, definitely. Uh, I think the biggest thing with uh, Blue's Hog is uh, the shine, the color it gives the meat. It, it looks so good. And uh, I, I'm trying to replicate that with other things. And, uh, 
um, that's the the issue I'm running into, and I got to change a little bit of my cooking process to to uh, accommodate the color change, you know. And uh, I think uh, I think more people are playing with it than what you like, people realize, I guess. Um, then they're yeah, you know just it's 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 hard to say, I guess. I mean, it's a lot of money to invest to to diverge from something you think is going to win or that is known to win. Um, there's got to be a lot of apprehension to think that you might be kind of screwing yourself out of a lot of money if you're going away from what uh, you think judges might be expecting, because that's like what you're doing. You're kind of cooking in hopes that you're producing something the judges are going to like, right? Oh, exactly. And they're used to that on ribs. They're used to that on chicken. You know, the the the, the whole mixture of blues hog and every other sauce is out there. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is if it tastes good, it tastes good. And, uh, that's what I'm shooting for is something that is not overpowering. I mean, you can, you can taste, you can smell blues hog before you even, you know, taste it. And it, it, it's, it's, it, it is an overpowering sauce if you use too much of it too. So I think that's, that's what I'm trying to do is just make barbecue taste like barbecue, taste, make it taste good. Justin, where are you guys going to be uh, competing at next? Um, Pleasant Hill, Missouri, uh, smoking on Big Creek. Uh, it's a good uh, fundraiser for Operation Barbecue Relief. Uh, we didn't make it last year. We've been down there a couple other times, and a bunch of our friends are going to be there. It's a good time. All right. Uh, Justin McGlawn is the pitmaster of Lucky's Q and uh, walked away with overall grand champion in this past weekend at the Smoking at the Run Barbecue Shootout in Miami, Oklahoma. Justin, always appreciate the time, man. Good to catch up. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, thanks, Greg. You got it. There he is, Justin McGlone, pitmaster of Lucky's Q. Um, I I uh, was lucky enough to meet Justin and uh, Katie. And, oh, that's the wrong button. And uh, his other uh, teammates at the inaugural Kingsford Invitational, which took place out in the middle of nowhere, Missouri. You know where nowhere, Missouri is, right? You go to. BF Egypt, Missouri, make a left and then go out 87 miles to the middle of nowhere where cows roam free. Oh, and then there happens to be a huge ass Kingsford charcoal plant in the middle of nowhere either. And uh, great group, uh, great team. And there was a lot, obviously, a lot of great teams out there. Um, but uh, getting to meet uh, Justin and um, uh, uh, Scott Nelson over Pigskin uh, and his wife, Katie. And their kids, uh, that was like uh, one of the highlights of that weekend for me. And so I always love uh, catching up with Justin and uh, seeing what is going on with them. And congratulations to the big one out there in Oklahoma, kind of kicking off the year in the right way. And uh, hopefully that leads to good, bigger, better things this year. And moving away from Blues Hawk. What? Watch out. Finally, we're hearing of the divergence of the flavor profile that has been dominating competition bark folks do you hate standing near the hot grill waiting for your food of course me too let iGrill take care of it the iGrill 2 the iGrill mini bluetooth grilling thermometers work with your iOS device to let you know when your food is perfectly cooked from up to 150 feet away uh Jeff, I'll get to you here in a sec. Uh, They magnetically mount to your grill or smoker and compact with pretty awesome features like graphing, minimum, maximum temperature settings, custom 
proximity wake-up LED temperatures indicating that goes through a range of color base on doneness. Red lets you know that your food has reached its target temperature, while green, yellow, and orange show its progress. Grill your own for just 30... Uh, get your own iGrill Mini for $39.99 at the website i, the letter i, devices, Inc. Dot com, or you can also get them, depending on where you're at, at select Lowe's stores. Then, of course, you have the iGrill 2. It's bigger and badder. Forget about Defer. With a full illuminated display, four probes for maximum temperature tracking. Ships in May, so uh, just about a month and a half from now. You can pre-order your iGrill 2 for $99.99. Today, get free shipping with your order of $50 or more. Again, that's at the website iDevicesInc. That's iDevicesInc.com. And, uh, of course, you can follow iGrill on the Facebooks for exclusive offers and barbecue updates. Just to recap, iGrill Mini, $39.99 at iDevicesInc.com. Or select Lowe's stores if you got a Lowe's. Who doesn't? Lowe's? I want to always say that uh, Sam's Club owns stores, but that's not, that's not right. Sam's does not own Lowe's. They own Walmart and Sam's are, like, the same. Uh, iGrill 2, $99.99. Four probes. Pre-order now. Shipping in May. $50 or more on your order. Get your free shipping. iDevicesInc.com. That's iDevicesInc.com. Uh, we're back to wrap up the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampy. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban Voice Records. Let's go! I'm an outlaw, give me two shots. We don't need a radio, bring a jukebox for my outlaws. All right, we are back. Adam Hawthorne writing in. You said shit out. I did? Uh, Adam, do we have to recount the fact that I am a master orator? I have full command of the English vernacular, and I would not make a verbal slip-up like that. Like fine, fat chef Tony Knives are my skills of English oration. Also, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. I say a lot of words in two hours, bro. I, you know, uh, Jeff Starks, instant messaging. Greg, I must ask, what is the song and band name? of one of your theme songs. You usually use it for your intro music. Heavy guitar riff. All right. Uh, let me see. You tell me if this is the, uh, if this is it. Might be a good idea. Is this it, Jeff? This is the theme song. I have a lot of other bumpers that are heavily riffed. All right, yeah, this is it. Um... I am more than happy to tell you that uh, the group's name is Cell Dweller. And the song name is uh, Switchback. Caveat. This particular version is... Um, uh, if you go... If you, if you search Cell Dweller, Switchback, uh, this song actually has words and everything. Uh, this particular version is like... Detroit Instrumental 2010 or something like that. So there's no words to this song. Uh, but this is who uh, does the intro. Cell Dweller, and it's called uh, Switchback. 
But the, even the song with words uh, is good. It's, what, it's one of my favorite songs. It's been the, the theme song for this show like for a number of years now. I love it. Um, McD was thinking of the bluesy guitar bump. Bluesy. Which one is that? Well, I don't have a bluesy guitar. Oh, wait. You're thinking of I'm a Pitmaster by uh, OC Barbecue. Yeah. All right. Good enough. Let's call it an evening because we've had a successful show. Uh, all the way back in the first hour, we were talking with barbecue and grilling icon Stephen Reichlin. He has penned a number of best-selling books. Did he just say How to Grill has been sold 2 million copies or something like that? Hey, Stephen, guess what? This podcast has been downloaded more than that. Eat it. See you on the third Tuesday of next month, pal. Uh, we also talked with Michael McDiarmid. Get Fired Up Foods. GetFiredUpFoods.com. Stephen's uh, website, by the way, BarbecueBible.com. Uh, we uh, recapped the steak method, which I highly encourage. We talked a little bit about him uh, uh, filling in for me at the Miami, Oklahoma barbecue shootout at Smoking to the Run. I'm going to be back there. Maybe it's me and uh, McD co-hosting next year. How about that? I'm down. You'll find me at the casino, at the bar, and then in the bathroom full of vomit. Second hour, Big Papa Smokers Pitmaster Sterling Ball. Had a gas talking with him on a number of different subjects to include the old hickory pits, the rubs, what the West Coast offense is, uh, what might need to change in barbecue to kind of bring it back or where it needs to separate, stuff like that. And then we close out the show with Justin McGlawn from Lucky's Q talking about the big win at the Smoking at the Run barbecue shootout in Miami, Oklahoma. So a lot of stuff there. Um, big show planned already next week. If you have raw cast iron, season it each and every time. A little bit of Pam, a little bit of Crisco as it uh, comes back down from high heat. Let it burn back in generations of rust-free service. Also, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.